This is the Six Figure Exit. We are two entrepreneurs sharing how we've shaped our lives and our businesses. Our purpose is to help you grow your business and personal excellence. Hey everyone, welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Gavin, here with my co-host, Carson. Carson, how are we doing today, sir? Good. We're doing good. How are you doing, Gavin? Good. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing very well. Um, a lot has unfolded in my life in the last week. And uh, so, this is, this is the biggest week in the history of the podcast, right here. Yeah, my heart's racing right now, and I just feel way different than I ever have before. So, why is that? Um, because I became a father over the last week. My wife went into labor on Tuesday, and we delivered our son on Thursday. Unexpectedly, he came about five weeks early. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, We've been at the hospital. Um, he's in the NICU right now. So he's in the what? The NICU. What's that? Neonatal intensive care unit. Okay, <laughs> that's a lot. So uh, he's he's doing well though. He's uh, he's premature, but he's doing well for for how old he is, and super grateful that uh, things could be worse. And there's you know when we're in there and seeing all the babies in the in their NICU rooms, it's pretty sad. And like, I can't imagine what some of those parents are going through because that's what, like, that's they got be some scary. serious yeah. like ventilator respiratory machines hooked up to these babies. And I mean, it's like, ugh, I just can't imagine. I mean, it's hard for us, but it'd be much harder for them. And so it's just like grateful for where we're at, but um, also hard for where we're at too. So. Well, glad to hear everyone's doing good. Yeah. Sophie's doing well. Sophie's doing well. She we just she had a uh, kind of unexpected C-section. We weren't anticipating that, and she was a little uh, bent out of shape about going through that. She did not want to do that. But um, how do they make up, the decision that that's the right route? I guess what it's based on the dilation of her cervix, and uh, she was not anywhere near ready for uh, VBAC birth. So she straight over my head. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, the docs were giving her Pitocin, which is would help her dilate, kind of speed things along. Yep. But as they were giving that to her, and as she would contract, uh, Dallas's heart rate would dip. Oh, so they took her off that, and um, how do they monitor his heart rate? Uh, there's like a monitor right on. Her stomach, so oh. they they got a monitor that monitors his heart rate, and then also monitors her contractions at the same time. Two different monitors, kind of on her stomach, and then um, so they're monitoring both uh, at the same time, and realized that the pitocin was making his heart rate dip. So then ultimately made the decision to take her off of that, and decided a C-section would be the best thing for both of them. So that's what uh, happened on. Thursday, November 9th at 11.34 in the morning. I became a father. <laughs> well, congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing and uh, was a very challenging thing, especially to watch Sophie go through all that and um, a lot of emotions, everything from sadness to happiness to stress to relief. I mean, um, just a roller coaster of a week. Were you there the whole time then, start to yeah. finish for everything? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would feel horrible not being there for yeah. her. I mean, it just would be. How does it? So, did you sleep there too then? And oh yeah, is that is that comfortable or how is that? Well, I sleep on what they call a couch um, at the hospital, which I, I would you say they maybe, would make something. Like they've got to know that like fathers are going to be there for this. You yeah, think they'd put it's like sleeping on a bar of soap. Yeah, um, far from the Four Seasons. Yeah, yeah, it was not uh, pick your own pillows and. It just, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's kind of crazy too. Like this whole week has been like a fog. I mean, it's been a lot of yeah. It's got to be a lot of things going on. I mean, emotions and everything. I'm, I still can remember everything very clearly and vividly. But it's just like just my what I think of time right now is just weird. But so I'm, I don't know if that'll change as as. Time goes on and life goes on. Has sure it hit it you yet that you're a father or? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, That's... first time I saw, or as soon as he was born, I just kind of went, like, full dad mode. Like, yeah. whatever he needs to get healthy and Do you get have done your and... white New Balances picked out already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got him sitting on the shelf at home. Already waiting for him to, to come home, yeah. But, yeah, I'd, I'd say dad mode kicked in pretty quick. And uh, just a di- it's just a different frame of life that I have right now. It's just kind of hard to explain and hard to articulate. Has it changed your mindset on anything? Like, Oh yeah. Obviously like with the family and everything, but with your outlook on the future, like, have you gotten like, no, I wouldn't say like my, I want my future to look different. I would say that I just feel like a, a it's kind of what you've been planning this whole time. Yeah, It's It's just a greater response, a greater sense of responsibility that I need to, be the best I can be for him and for my wife um, and be an example for him. And so I need to do the best I can. That's good. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's been a whirlwind of a, of a week. <laughs> and so if, uh, if I start saying weird stuff today, <laughs> you know why. Uh, just a lot of emotions and a lot of thoughts and trying to be present here is a little bit more difficult. When I got a baby at the NICU, yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm happy to uh, keep keep chugging and keep this thing going and hopefully pour into some people today. Yeah, no, that'll be good. I think we got some good stuff to talk about today. We are uh, talking about accepting risk and failure. Yeah, and I would say that uh, this doesn't just have to do with business either. I think there's risk and failure in personal lives that we we go through and. Um, it's important that we understand that we need to learn through our failures and how we can calculate and work through risk and ultimately make our lives better. Well, you got to be able to take risk and accept failure. I think uh, being able to understand the difference between, I guess, a failure that you learn from and a failure that you just, it, you got to be able to take it in a positive mindset after that. So I'm probably the king of failure. I'm pretty good <laughs> at just trying shit and well, that didn't work. So I'll try something else, but I, it's just how I learn, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, I don't know, I've always been really good about any sort of hard time or challenging season in my life. Um, I've always been good to f- frame that in a positive way, like realizing that this moment is a good learning experience regardless of what we're actually going through right now. Um, even if it is failure, I think it's been great to reframe that struggle and, and turn it into a positive and turn it into something that's a lesson opposed to, you know, being down on myself or being kind of a victim of, Oh my gosh, this happened to me. 
um, and just kind of flipping the frame of that. So that's been great for, for my life. Yeah, I think you got to be able to um, accept the failure, move on, learn from it, because I guess in my opinion, if you fail at something, but you learn from it and something changes in your life because of that, I guess I wouldn't call that a failure in the big scheme of things. But if you take that failure and you give up and you never try anything else again, uh, then it truly at heart is a failure, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So don't be afraid to keep chugging forward through the mud. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep moving. Otherwise yeah. you'd never. You don't get anywhere. You don't get anywhere. Yeah. So failure is going to be a part of the journey. It just is what it is. So before you start, or if you have started, I mean, you just got to be able to accept that. Yeah. And I think, you know, failure is sometimes depicted as a bad thing. Like people think, oh my gosh, you're a failure. Uh, but, or if you failed at something that you're, a, you know, a bad performer or something like that. But I believe that it's honestly a good thing to go through failure, go through hard times because you're learning through all of that. And um, using those experiences to tell yourself that you will improve from these moments. Because um, ultimately, as you're going through those failures, going through those past experiences, like it's not the experience that, you know, kind of altered you. It's how you told yourself that experience was for you. So what do you, what do you think people's biggest reason of not taking the risks or taking a chance on something? Um, you think it's a fear of failure a lack of self-confidence? I mean, what do you think that reason is? Cause I see this in people we've brought on into the company. Um, people I work with on a daily basis where you can tell they'll get, they almost get, so afraid to fail at something, I would think that's what it is that they just, ev they won't even make a decision on it. They just right. won't do anything. Like the, what, do, what do they call it? Like analysis paralysis. Where you just <laughs> yeah. sit there and you can't like. You're locked. Yeah, you're yeah. locked because yeah. you're, it's, it's easier to stay right here, right now where than it is yeah. where it's comfortable instead of making that decision, whether it's the right or wrong decision. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just like people just, yeah, like you said, it's people are afraid to fail. And um, I think, Ultimately, people are afraid to what other people are going to think of them. I, and I think that's what that's it what is. It is. It's just, I mean, it's, people just are like at the core root of it. That's what yeah, it is. I'm afraid of what this person is going to think of me if I fail. And so I think we, I'm, I'm sure that we both have, <laughs> we <Yeah>. both <laughs> have held ourselves back, uh, you know, even unconsciously just from doing something because we're afraid of failure and we're afraid of uh, taking that risk and taking on something that, oh boy, this is a little bit daunting, a little bit scary. I could fail. Um, so I'm not going to do it. And That's I, what this last year, I think I've come to the realization that, and it, it might be dangerous, but I'm less afraid of failure now than I think I ever have been in my life. Cause I look at it and I go, okay, we fail. Say you'd failed like to the fullest extent in business and like bankruptcy and you're like, you're yep, done. I'm out. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, like, yeah, you got a fucked up credit score and you're, you know, it's seven years out or however that whole thing works. I don't even know, to be honest. But at the end of the day, like, Everything you learned over the past, you know, however many years you've been working, when you start again, as long as you don't give up and you start again, you're not starting at ground zero. You're not way back where you started, like monetarily, yeah, yes, it's not day but one. your knowledge base is so much greater. We talked about this a little bit the other day. I've seen so many people go through, like during 2008, yep. bankrupt, close the doors in the business, started again a few years later, and they are 10 times from where they were then because they started not at square one they had the knowledge base already and the experiences and the connections and everything else so i think it's how you fail is also important too i guess 
yeah. like as your your character as a person like if it's if you go down like swinging and trying to like fix it as much as you can or whatever you're doing i mean if you just like ah, i'm i failed because i just gave up and yeah. just screwed a bunch of people like that's a different story but yeah, you can't just throw in the towel. I mean, especially if you're trying to do something great with your life and trying to make an impact and difference in the world, you can't, um, <laughs> you just can't try and do something and then fail at it and then be like, oh, well, guess I gave it my best. You got to keep I'm done. <laughs> you, can't, you can't give up. But uh, what do you think the biggest risk you have taken, Gavin? Oh, well, I would say that early on when I started the business. Uh, would I, let me rephrase that. Yep. Biggest risk you've taken in business and then like outside of business, just personal life. Give us two examples here. Okay. Uh, biggest risk in business, <clears throat> I think, was back early on when I started um, taking on some debt for our first big piece of equipment. Um, our, we bought a cat two eight, or 259, yeah, brand new. I was scared. To, <laughs> scared to my bones <laughs> to take on some debt. Um, but I knew ultimately that it would increase our efficiency. It would increase what we're capable of doing. And um, looking back on it, I would, wouldn't, uh, w- I wish I would have done it sooner. I mean, it's just amazing how uh, we, sca- we get scared of doing something and um, often hold ourselves back from something that could unleash or un- unlock us from um bondage though we can move on to something greater and so I think um that big big step of realizing that debt um for me was something that I could use to my advantage at the time and it's important that you don't um uh, take on too much risk or too much debt because you can there's, find there's yourself too much uh you can find yourself upside down very quickly if you get in trouble and um work's not coming in but I would say that would be the biggest risk and business, I would say, kind of early on, or even just, and then I would say on the personal side, um, kind of related to business, was leaving college. Oh, yeah. Was a pretty big risk for me. It's just like leaving kind of the comfortable, um, easy path to being a nine-to-fiver. And, I mean, that I would say greatly affects my personal life, too, um, leaving that comfort to start my own business and be my own, um, supplier essentially is that was a big risk that, uh, I would say was a huge alter and shift in my life. Well, it's not normal. No, I mean, it's not, it's kind of going against the grain of what society says is normal and what you should do. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think I would, wouldn't, uh, take back anything that I've done with any risk or any failures that I've gone through. I think, um, it's important that we do learn through risk and learn through failure and, and use that as experience to help us with further decisions down the road and the future decisions. But um, I would say overall, it's been great to learn through any failures that we've come across, big or small. But how about what, you, Carson? What's some, what's some big risks you've taken in business and some risks in your personal life that you would love to share with our, our audience here? Um, well, I've taken a lot of risks, uh, in business, I would say probably the biggest risk we have current, I mean, just in general, um, 
and partially my personal life too, just because they all kind of intermingle. And when you sign on debt, it's personally guaranteed. So, yep. uh, I, and I would just say debt in general. So I think that's probably the biggest risk. I feel like that's the biggest risk anybody can take in business is just taking on massive amounts of debt. So, I mean, we've got a, not a whole lot of debt, but we've got three, four pieces of equipment financed and then mainly real estate debt, which in rental properties and stuff like that, which in theory, like even if the economy slows down, you still got tenants in there on year long or multi-year leases on all of it. But at the end of the day, like if they lose their job, like yeah. they're just going to stop they can't paying pay, you. Then so you're, you're, uh, you're held on the line for paying yeah. that bill. <laughs> and that's something that I've always thought about. And I know that always, um, that is something that really affected my dad probably more than me. Uh, he more, I mean, I don't, I can't even remember how old I was in 08. I could do the math, but I'm not that good at it. It's still water math. Um, You're probably I 10. remember, yeah, it's probably 10. Let's just say 10. Um, I was, I remember going through 08 when he was running the business and it was difficult for him, but he never really had a lot of debt. The only thing he had in debt was he bought a brand new truck and two, two brand new trucks in 2007. Cause six and seven were like, or one was in six, one was in seven super good years for him in business. And then 08 hit and like 2010, he sold one of the trucks that we just bought. And we were, it was like, why are we like selling? This is a sweet truck. Like, <laughs> we just, we just yeah. didn't need it because right. we didn't, you know, it was kind of like the family truck and, you know, it wasn't really so much of a work truck. It was more of like a fun truck and right. like, we just didn't need it. So I remember seeing that and he never really took on a whole lot of risk. Just, you know, I had one or two pieces of, uh, equipment that maybe had loans on them, but was just super, you know, cash driven and everything's paid for. And he's still that way to this day, uh, which is good. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, so that is like seeing that and remembering that, uh, has, I guess taught me, but I've also been pretty outgoing with it. I guess I, it's not something that I let like cripple us or fall behind because we're afraid to take on debt, but it's something you have to do in a very calculated manner. Oh yeah, um, for sure. We, I mean, I look, I run our numbers all the time of what do we need to have in the bank? So if work just shut off, all of a sudden, you know, we've got X amount of months to, to live before we run out of money. So uh, I think that's important is just the debt and risks you take being like calculated and not just, oh, well, it'd be nice to have some nice equipment. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go buy it. So, it looks nice. What does the future look like? Where's your company at? Do you need the equipment? Does it make more sense to buy instead of rent it? Um, that's definitely the biggest risk we've taken is just buying stuff and taking on debt. Yeah. So, yeah, I think no doubt. kind of to that point is like, don't be afraid to either like, don't go out and buy a piece of equipment and hope you get work for it. Um, That's, I, say, I see people do that a yeah, lot. And you gotta, you gotta know, be specific on what you're going to be doing. And I would say if you have a good idea of what you want to try and sell, then maybe it makes sense to go buy that piece of equipment, but don't go buy a skid loader and end up needing an excavator. And this is, I want to elaborate on that because that's a really good point. The biggest problem we had from, because we were like obviously a landscape company kind of when we started, moved into the excavating world. When I was talking to general contractors and builders trying to get connections and start uh, digging foundations for them, because I feel like that's just a spot where most people start, you know, smaller stuff like that. A lot of the questions I would get asked is, what do you have for equipment? And it's kind of like one of those, like, well, do you tell them From you just GCs or what? Yeah. Like builders would ask that like, Oh, or, what, like, what do you got for equipment? I'd be like, um, just rent it. Like <laughs> I, I got a skid loader, but you know, an excavator, we just rented on for the first few jobs, but it's kind of like this halfway, like you got to kind of bullshit a little bit with through some of that. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it was like, they were trying to qualify. Like, I don't like, we can just do this. We don't need to like own equipment to do it. You can yeah. go rent it. 
Um, so I think that's important to understand. Like when you first get started, we did the first like four or five foundations we did with rented equipment and it went nothing just wrong fine. With that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it at all. Honestly, then you don't have the headache of moving the equipment sometimes. Like sometimes the rental, um, facilities yeah, you just have them bring the equipment. And, yeah. Um, so you, it, you don't have to worry about that and you don't have to worry about paying for insurance on it. And you don't have to worry about, um, any repair costs or maintenance costs. So there's a lot of pros and cons, um, to either owning or renting. I think starting out for sure, don't be afraid to rent. And I mean, the only problem with renting is that it kind of tied up. Well, it's, it costs a lot, but it also like you're tied up schedule wise. Like that's yeah, you, really yeah. huge. You got to be really sure on, and then if, a, you know, you have a rain delay or weather delay, then you're like, oh shoot, then I got this you're, piece of you're equipment. You're still paying rent on there. that. Yeah, yeah. You're still paying rent. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of risk and a lot of, uh, good and bad that comes from owning equipment, but kind of sidetracked there on yeah, equipment piece there, but uh, let's, let's wrangle it back in and talk about maybe a big risk that you faced personally, Carson. Huh. I would, I guess I never went to college, but I was pretty seriously looking at college. Um, I was pretty serious about going to Dunwoody for a while, which is really good and getting like a construction management, one of the best in the Twin Cities for construction management. Um, would have been like an $80,000, $90,000 degree, which I don't even know if that's a lot anymore. Would you, um, like salary or, or to get the degree, it would have cost that much? Yeah, it would have cost that much. Okay. So I don't know if that's like a lot to go to college or what. I don't know what it costs to go to college these days, honestly. Yeah, but. what uh, what was your plan if you were to go that route? Well, I was going to either keep working for dad or potentially work for like another construction company for a bit and then go work for dad um, or take over. The plan I, I had was always to get into excavating. So my thought was if I get a construction management degree, go work for another excavating company and then start my own slash right. buy my dad out and take that over was one of my original plans or just get the degree and then go work for my dad. And then I've always got that as a fallback. Uh, where if it, you know, if that doesn't work out, then I can go, I've got this degree. I can go work for any construction company at this point, um, with a pretty good school. They had like a 98 or 99% placement rate with that degree and the, the job you wanted. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, but it just, I don't know, something about it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was for me. And again, a calculated risk. I was thinking about it, you know, literally ran the numbers like, okay, I can go pay $90,000 over the next four years or two years or whatever it was to get this degree. Or I can go to work and make $40,000 a year being a foreman on dad's landscape crew and plowing snow all winter long and estimating and learning how to do it and actually make money and learn how to do it and then take it over at the same right. time. Here's a so, little uh, poke at, yeah, how, what about trying to do both? I don't know. I guess I didn't. I mean, I would if I went to school there, I still would have worked for him or somebody and yep. worked at the same time because they weren't going to pay for my school. So I would have needed to get a loan for it and everything else. Um, but it just, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. Yeah. So yeah. after thinking about it a lot and looking at a few different schools, I was like, does this really make sense for where I want to go in my life? And that's where, I mean, it was just, you got to kind of understand like, whether it's personal, like, is this risk make sense for where I want to go in life or business? Does this make, does this risk make sense for where the business wants to go in life? Yeah. Then, and does it financially make sense and is it worth the risk? Yeah. I kind of went through that too when I was kind of contemplating dropping out of college and whether or not I should stay and whatnot. I mean, I was going through flight school. It's absolutely crazy expensive. I mean, flying airplanes is not cheap. 
No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think my first, my one semester of college there was, ah, uh, gosh, 20 grand. So as you can imagine, uh, four years of that would add up to be quite a bit. So, um, and obviously, um, not obviously, but I, I was kind of on the hook for all that um, financially. So I didn't really have anyone paying for my school. So that was kind of a bit, I would say if maybe if I was getting my school paid for, I would have stayed with it and would have been totally different. I wouldn't be sitting here with Carson right now. It's just crazy how that little decision, well, it's not little, but that one decision alters the direction. The whole of, outcome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about that. Even in your little decisions every day, I feel like we make little stuff and um, those little decisions totally. You ever seen those like boards where it, like the, it almost looks like tree roots, but upside down where you like, you take this one path and then it opens up all these different yeah. paths. Yep. Because like when you start to think about it, the, the little decisions every day, like could completely change the outcome of where. Yeah. We should have life. a, we should have a show on decision-making and go down that rabbit hole. But, um, but yeah, it's just crazy how that decision of dropping out has changed kind of my financial and outlook on business ownership and, um, what it takes to run a business and the different responsibilities that come with it and, um, the risks, um, the failures that you, that you learn through, um, as, as you be, uh, a business owner and it's been a wild ride and, that's that's a, a blessing and in, in disguise for sure. There's a lot of great and there's a lot of bad that comes from it. What um what is one of the biggest risks or most challenging things that you knew was a risk but you took it on anyways? Was it like project? I know you the debt and stuff like that, but more project driven or employees, yeah, things I mean, like that, I, think I guess. Hiring employees was never that intimidating to me. Um, cause I knew that there's just only so much you can do on your own. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think I hired my first guy the first year. Um, but I was very, uh, wasn't very good at delegating early on. <laughs> so I would just really try to do everything on my own still, even though I had another guy and he was definitely helpful. Um, actually a high school buddy and he was super helpful throughout, uh, the first year, but, um, I learned, I still am learning that having people on is great to free up your time to work on other things that you're good at and they can work on stuff that they're good at. And, um, so that was never that, that big of a challenge bringing on people. Uh, but I would say like this probably our second or third year in business, we're taking on larger hardscape projects that were pretty intimidating um, just cause we'd never really done anything that large scale before. Um, and now looking back on how much work we went through and, uh, we definitely didn't charge nearly enough for how much effort <laughs> we put in on those projects. Uh, Did you make that, money at least? Yeah. I mean, and luckily I think, um, you know, at that time in my life I was living at home, so it wasn't that hard for me to take on that bigger risk and take on those bigger projects. Um, just to kind of get, I mean, honestly, that risk of taking on the bigger projects that are intimidating helped me learn um, that I needed to better estimate my projects and better estimate how much time is going to be spent on these things. And so I would say newer, bigger projects was always one of those things that were risky, but I was definitely willing to do and was 
it was easier for me to do, do you because seek I think it, projects like that. I mean, do you go out of your way to kind of challenge yourself and seek different types of projects? Um, I don't go out of my way, but I would say I've always tried to portray who we are as a business as doing those bigger projects so that we could take on those bigger tasks and the bigger risks for us. Um, just because I knew that what I wanted would take that amount of challenge to, to work through that and learn through that so that we could, you know, be stronger on the, on the greener side of getting that yeah. project done. So that's what I remember the biggest, um, most daunting thing we've ever taken on. And I was honestly scared to death was that first subdivision road we built 2,400 linear feet of road. It was, was up north, kind of, right? Yeah, Wyoming. Wyoming. $700,000, $800,000 job. And we had a few people come in to help us with that that had more experience doing that, but that was probably the scariest thing we've ever done. I bid the project, we got the project, and then I remember the first two weeks before we started that, I could not sleep right. Really? I've... I've I usually sleep really good no matter what's going on. I've literally never felt that before in my life. But those, wow. like the amount of stress those first two weeks, just getting everything ready, because a lot of it was like subcontracted work or rented equipment. We had like hired on a company that brought two haul trucks there and they put their guys in them. So making sure they're on time and their stuff's going to work. We had rented equipment. Um, we bought equipment for that job. That was the scariest thing we've yeah. ever done. So, and I was scared out of my mind. What'd you learn through that? Everything. <laughs> Literally everything. Do you that feel was, like, I mean, is that, was that a pretty big jump for you guys to jump shoot. into that? Yeah. That was okay. zero to 100 really quick. Okay. I mean, Do you maybe regret the, that at all? Um, No, not oh. at all, honestly. It was probably the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life and the scariest thing. I don't think I've ever like told anybody this, honestly. Now but, you are, now everyone knows. Everyone in this world knows. It literally, everybody <laughs> in the world knows now. That, But that was hands down the scariest thing we've ever done. But I think that that just getting through that changed my mindset on risk altogether and realizing I spent so much time preparing for that job, bidding it and calculating and everything. And even the stuff I didn't know, I was able to kind of like start to figure out just by looking at the blueprints and the plans over and over again and talking to people and trying to like, what did I miss? And just thinking of every possible outcome. I mean, it was to the point when I bid it, like I didn't even know how we were, how to bid something like that, like going right. into it. Yep. Like most companies that do that stuff are like, oh, there's, 20,000 cubic yards of dirt to move at six bucks a cubic yard yeah. because we're going to move it over here. It's about this far away and that's what we're going to charge. I was there like, okay, well, we're going to have a 225 excavator with a probably two and a half yards of dirt you can put in the bucket and these haul trucks can hold about 30 yards. So how long does it take to load that? So I would go on YouTube and watch <laughs> videos of excavators loading these trucks. And I'm like, okay, it's about a seven minute turn time for the same distance. So it's going to be about seven minutes to move 30 yards of dirt. And then I just started doing the math yep. and then figuring out what it's going to cost us to do this job and then go from there. So, I mean, I really knew the ins and outs, like details of it as much as I could for right, not yeah. doing it. I did as much research as I possibly could, but, but that was scary. Yeah. Did you have another great point I want to make is too like, as you're looking at risk and looking at, um, taking on different things in your business and in your life, um, I think it's great to seek other people that have gone through it and seek what their 100%. advice would be. And I feel like we're often, everyone or most people are afraid to do that. And I think um, that's something I've struggled with and something I regret is not just being willing to to talk to somebody about something that they've gone through that you're, you want to go through. And 
seeking their counsel and how you can get through that. And most, I mean, more times than not, someone's going to be willing to help you through that. That's don't be afraid to ask people. Like I think more times than not, people in this industry are actually pretty in the trades in general are pretty understanding of new people getting into it. And everyone realizes there's not enough people in it. So they're willing to help other people out. Some people aren't, and they're just dicks and yeah, is what it is. But that's one of the biggest things I would say, even like I tell my brother that all the time, like they've got questions on a job, even if it's questions on a job, like pick up the phone and call somebody like here's three people you could call that I guarantee one person has that answer. Yeah. They've Just gone through pick it. up the phone and call it. Yeah. So I, I think that's huge talking to other people, collaborating with them. And, um, that's why everybody should be here this Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we're having a, a great event on Saturday. Come on in. Um, but yeah, I think it's been great to work through risk and, and work through failure because I think we both, you and I have gotten stronger because of, things that we've taken on and um you've for, taken on more risks than I have I, I believe um and you've done a great job especially like that project you're talking about just now is like boy that's that's impressive that's cool it was something <laughs> it was something <laughs> I'm sure it was prop I mean in the moment you're probably like shaking in your boots like boy I was what scared. am I getting into but then you there, know, you know another, those days when you like you're, you had like a crappy day at work and you just drive home with the radio off and you just like sit in silence. Yep. I had that every day on the way there. It's like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> just, you just got to drive in there thinking like, how is today going to play out? Yeah. But it all worked out. Yeah. So, and it good. turned out nice. That's good. But, now you're doing, have you done more of those projects since? Yeah. And that's where like taking that risk, if we never did that, we could slowly probably step up to that. But that was a huge like piece for us to just learn and build the confidence in doing it, but then also use as an example, like we did this one, we can do this again. Uh, did another one the year after that. Um, and then it also kind of led us into some bigger site work projects as well. So that's been huge. And it's one of those things that um, we certainly could do more of them. I think we're significantly better now at it and know what we're actually doing. The hardest part is just, again, building the team around doing yeah. that. Yeah, you said a, a great word early on there, Carson. Confidence. Confidence. I think that's a huge thing when it comes to taking risk. And um, if you're not confident, I mean, you, you will doubt yourself a little bit, I think. Yeah, you're going to, especially uh, if you've never done it before. But you need to be confident in yourself and be confident that you're going to be able to figure it out no matter what. And also have the frame that even if you do fail through that, you're going to be able to learn from that and use that down the road. And I think confidence, like in situations like that, it's built through um, wins like over and over like we have done landscaping and smaller site work and smaller excavating jobs foundations things like that over and over and over again and we were profitable on all of them if we were bidding stuff and just not making money and our guys weren't any good I would not have had the confidence to go bid that job right. but seeing the small wins over and over again on everything that we've done made me confident that okay we can take the leap here and push to do this yeah so, you had the you had the framework built out on a smaller scale, but then you could kind of collaborate all that work that you've kind of built out and put that into something that's bigger, a little bit more daunting that would you knew that you knew would push you ahead into something greater down the road. Exactly, and I think again, cal calculated risks. It was calculated the whole time. It wasn't, yeah, sure, we could do that, and then you get into it and you got no idea what you're doing and not sure how to do it. So. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> don't ever jump in head first without thinking about it. That'll yes. only lead you down a road of yeah. extreme failure and a lot of negativity and just poor 
Well, you, I think you got to be self-aware enough to just look at yourself in the mirror and your company and whatever the situation is, is can I seriously do this? Not, you know, do I have the experience to do this? Should I be doing this? Can our team do this? Do we, are we set up to do this? Is someone going to get hurt if we do it? Um, I mean, there's jobs we've turned down because we weren't set up to do. I mean, we've been asked by developers to care, which is really common now, which I don't know how many people actually do this, but with interest rates the way they are, they want us to carry um, some burden of the work where we won't get paid until later on it. Like oh, the really? profits get paid out later or part of the job gets paid out later, but we would bid it at a higher price or there'd be a cost. Kind of like interest or whatever. Yeah, a little bit because okay. it's cheaper for them to try to have us do that versus going to the bank. And there's jobs we've turned down because I'm very like, that'd be a risk for us, but yep. a calculated risk that I understand, like we don't have the cash flow to go float a million dollars. Like we just like that yeah. would ruin our company. <laughs> yeah. We can't do that. So calculated risks. Yeah. Know your numbers. You got it. Yeah. And that's another thing too, that I feel like was not very clear for me, especially starting out. Um, you know, it's just kind of jumping in head first into starting a business. It's like, okay, I, I kind of learned quickly that, um, I need to know what things are costing because if I don't figure that out right now, I'm going to not be in business next week or next year. Or, and so, and the, to your point of right now, like if you identify a problem or a potential failure or something going wrong, like right now, yeah. jump into it and head on, fix it before it becomes a major yeah, issue. Don't kick the ball down the road. That's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the biggest, like I'm guilty of doing that at times. And yep. it's, I'm trying to get better at that and be more disciplined and just, do this right now, solve the issue. Don't push it off to another day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I guess what, what would you think about like, what are some risks we take personally? I mean, obviously I know that we're both big into business, but like, what are some risks that personally that we've, we, you would say well, we've taken to, I guess personally, like it's kind of, it's both, but when you take on debt, nine times out of 10, unless it's a non-recourse loan, you have to personally guarantee it. So yeah. when you go buy a piece of real estate, that's going to be an investment property. You have to personally guarantee that and collateralize everything in your life. I mean, they could take, I don't know how it works with your personal residence and stuff like that, but car, truck, you know, whatever it can all, if it's your personal assets, your boat can get taken. So I guess that's a personal risk kind of business, <laughs> yeah. but it's personal. What about like uh, risking it to, uh, ask a girl out or something like that? Uh, I've learned it's best to just not do that and focus on business. <laughs> really? <And> just, <laughs> just dial it in in the business side. Yeah. The women will come. Well, if you, get, <laughs> if you guys want relationship advice, Carson's your man. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the gym at 5 a.m., yep. go right into work after that, get a good breakfast, and work all day until about 9 o'clock, go to bed, do it again. There's your relationship advice. The right one will show up someday. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. That's, I, I think that's a great point. Maybe you can speak. We call those, to it. Uh, uh, what do we call those gold diggers? Well, no, not, <laughs> not that they show up because of the money. I'm just saying focus in and be, well, I think like, again, it's a calculated risk. Like, if you're a five, you can't walk up to the 10 and expect something to happen. But if you just spent the last two years going to the gym, building the confidence, building a business and calculate, you know, okay, I am a better person now. My business, me, whoever is capable of doing this. It's all the same thing at the end. Like women are kind of like business. <laughs> I mean, it's at the end of the day, like it's if all business. If you're the best, I mean, no general contractor wants to hire the worst subcontractor to do the job. You want to hire the best equipped person to do the job. Yep. 
and I just happen to be the best equipped. In every aspect. In every aspect. <laughs> boy, oh boy. What's what's your advice on that, Gavin? You're the one that's married and has a kid. I mean, uh, we should my advice. Should listen to Gavin, guys, not me. If you want to have a successful life, not just a successful business, not just a uh, successful, yeah, please. Um, you got to be right at home. You got to be right with your family before you can take on risk, before you can do anything, I think, in the workplace. In my, in my experience, I think if I'm not happy at home, there's no way I'm going to perform at work. And so um, at least in my life, it's always been important for me to be um, there for my family, there for my wife, and like especially right now, uh, the season that we're in with yeah. baby Dallas uh, being here. Um, it's kind of like, I don't, nothing else matters to me right now, except for my wife and my son and this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but seriously, like that, but that I would say that's if a big, it, because sh- if that, and I can speak first, please, interu- please interrupt me, but <laughs> it, it, that is important. I'm just reinforcing yeah. what you're saying, because no. if that doesn't go right or something happens there, that is not good. It's going to affect everything else and everything else is pointless at that point. Yeah. But I think kind of to your point too, Carson, like, it's important that you are your best before you go into in a relationship. And yes. I think that that time is often missed that people just kind of jump into things and most time they're not right. <laughs> most <laughs> times must. Uh, people aren't often right with themselves or strong with their confidence in themselves and aren't performing well at work before they, and, and they get into a relationship and then they expect that their relationship is going to go well, but they don't, fully understand themselves before they get into that relationship. And so it oftentimes spirals, especially if both people don't know themselves fully, and then they get in this, this long-term relationship and turns into a engine fire on an airplane real quick. Yeah. I mean, we could go in depth on that and my, my backstory <laughs> if we really wanted to, but yeah, uh, I, I can speak to that a hundred percent was in a relationship for eight years. All I did was focus on business, neglected the relationship completely, completely fell apart. And I can tell you firsthand the six months after that, which I mean like the last six months, really business has not been as good because I can't focus on it as much. And I, I have started to focus on myself more. I started going to the gym and that's helped a ton. Just like building the confidence that like I am able to do what I want to do. And I think like confidence is built through discipline and doing what you know you should do and what you say you're going to do. And being, even though it's hard, it's hard getting up at four o'clock every single day. Trust me. It's it's (laughs) difficult, but I do it. And the days that I don't want to get up the most and just think, come up with a hundred excuses why. And I go to the gym and I get it done and I get home I feel so much better that day than on a day that I actually wanted to go to the gym. Cause you, you kept that commitment to yourself. You kept That's that what commitment. It is. It's not a, it's not, a, I mean, there's physical aspects to it for sure, but like, well, yeah, and I look jacked. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Biceps are poking through that sweater you got yeah, on like over that. there. Uh, but no, I think it's a really a big mental thing is like being disciplined and, and really doing something that you said you're going to do for yourself. I think that's huge. Yeah. You got to be able, you got to want to do it for yourself. Otherwise, as soon as if you're doing it for somebody else or something else, as soon as that thing is gone or changes or whatever, there's no reason to do it anymore. Yeah. You, and you lose, yeah, you lose all motivation yeah. to do it. So what, what do you think you learned through the failure of that relationship? Cause I, I mean, that's the relationship failed. I mean, yes. And what, what lessons do you feel like you gained from that experience? 
the biggest thing, and I'm still learning this, honestly, but the biggest thing I'm learning, I would say, is just the last few months, like just the word of like discipline itself has stuck with me so much. And the more I've realized, the more disciplined in everything that I do that I am, the better that thing is. So if you're disciplined in your relationship, making time for it, it's going to be better. If you're disciplined in your business, doing the right things and focusing on it, it's going to be better. You just have to be disciplined at everything you do and try to be, never give up trying on any of it. It's not, you hear people talk, um, I can't remember if it was at that Miami conference or when we were in Dallas, but one of the guys was talking about how people get married and then they think, oh, well, we're married, we made it, and then they give up, and that's I think why. that might have been Cody Jefferson or something. Is that who, yeah, maybe that's yeah. what it was. But they talk about it, people, and so why 50, over 50% of marriages end up in divorce because people get married and then they quit trying. You can yep. just never, if you never quit trying, it's hard to fail at that, whether it's a relationship, a business, anything, unless you're just really bad at it or it's not the right fit. If you just keep trying all the time, it's hard to fail. Yeah. And I think like to the point of discipline, I think if you're disciplined in one area, I think oftentimes that discipline in that area can also shift over to a different area. So like if you're disciplined in your relationship um, and sticking true to what you say you're going to do and sticking true to your values, um, I think having that just mentality and that um, idea in your head that you did stay true to what you wanted to do in your relationship, then I think that's going to ultimately transition or move over into your business or your fitness or your faith. And I think you can kind of use that discipline in one area as a catapult to push your life forward in, in those other areas as well. So, yeah, I would agree with that a hundred percent. And I can speak firsthand to just with like going to the gym thing, which I feel like I talk about a lot now. I'm, just big gym guy, big gym guy, but no, it's, it's totally helped. Like the last few months started doing that and it's made me more motivated to stay disciplined with work and business and everything I'm doing here and focus on it more. Uh, it's made me more disciplined with my faith and going to church every single Sunday, um, doing the small group as much as possible and all of that. Like it's made me think about everything else more because you realize like that felt good going to the gym and being disciplined. Well, I bet if I'm disciplined with my business, my faith, my relationships, that's going to feel good as well too. Right. So if you can just be disciplined at all of them, it feels better than sitting on the couch all day, eating Cheetos and watching the Vikings or something. Watching Carson Chifsky on YouTube. Yeah. That's, that's a start. That's a start to discipline. Turn off the Vikings and turn yeah. us on. <laughs> no, but I think to the point of confidence and how it relates to risk is, is really, um, really strong. I think having confidence when you do accept the risk and when you do take that on, is huge. Even through failure, I think it's important to be confident because, like I said, if you're not confident in who you are and what you're trying to do, you can spiral very quickly um, when something bad happens. So being strong and knowing that you're confident in what you're doing and realizing that it's it's not just a failure, it's a lesson that's going to ultimately serve you long-term in your life. Yeah, and if you have the confidence when you do fail because it's going to happen, you have the confidence to start again and or try something different. I mean, that's what... I'm pretty sure my whole life is built on failure of just, I'm more of the I'll figure it out type of guy. And just you throw stuff at the wall until something sticks, but you end up failing a lot, but fail quickly, figure it out, learn from it, move on to the next thing. I want to talk to you about that, Carson. Um, what are your, what's your you take? Do. You uh, down. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> Great segue. 
Um, but no, I wanted to talk to you about the, the fail fast mentality of like, you know, you always hear people saying fail fast, fail fast so that ultimately you can get ahead. What are your thoughts on failing fast? I think the quicker, unless you have a mentor there that can hold your hand every step of the way. But even then, I guess for me, I mean, my dad was a great mentor and there is a lot of things that, and I think this is just like a male trait in general, to be honest, where you're just stubborn and pig-headed <laughs> a little bit. And it's just, I'm sure the women out there that can attest to that. Saying, Amen. Preach, yes. <laughs> brother. <laughs> um, I didn't listen to my dad a lot. And there is a lot of times as I get older that I go, yeah. Yeah, he, he told me. I hope he's not listening, but he was right. Yeah. He told me. There's a lot of those moments more and more as I get older. And the funny thing is when I was in those moments, like making the mistake or he's like, you know, you shouldn't do it like that. And here's why. He would always say like, yeah, someday you're going to wake up and you're going to go, yep, dad was right. <laughs> he was Today's right about day. that too. But no, I think, and so even with like mentors, I think it's some people just have to learn. I have to learn by failure because I'm the mentality of, and I think that's, maybe an entrepreneurial trait of just, well, yeah, just cause it didn't work for you. It doesn't mean it's not going to work for me. Like maybe I can do something different to an extent, like obviously again, calculated risks, but, and that certainly can be true in multiple situations where he did not want to take on debt at all. And we're fine with taking on debt calculated, obviously, and taking on more risks and it works great so far. Granted the economy's all been up and up since we started, <laughs> yeah. but, so we'll see. But I think uh, fail quickly, learn from it, and move on. And don't dwell on it. As, yeah. soon, as soon as you learn, move on, put it behind you, and on to the next thing. Yeah, I would, I would agree with most of that. I think there's, I mean, what don't I, you agree I think with? you explained that well. Um, but I just don't want people to think that failing fast is just like be ruthless and just start trying stuff so that you can learn. Um, be calculated. Be calculated, like Carson was saying. And uh, don't think that you need to try every single thing so that you can get to a certain point. I know there's a lot of stuff on the internet that tells you to do that. Um, yeah. But you got to be somewhat in tune with reality and know that if you do fail often and you don't use those failures as lessons that you're going to end up in a bad place. And uh, I just hate to see you in that position. So learning to fail in a calculated way, like Carson was saying, I think is a great way to put it, not uh, just failing fast so that you can say you failed fast and so that you can say you learned some things. Um, be calculated and do your homework. Yeah. And to, a great example of that would be, again, like going back to that first road that we built. Biggest project uh, we ever did at that point, but it was calculated and the other half that we had going for us was we still had two landscape design build install crews going at the same time. So I knew worst case scenario, this project makes zero money and burns up two months of our time or even loses a little bit of money. We still have the cash flow from these two other crews going and putting projects in. So it was calculated in the sense that, you know, I'd planned the job as much as I possibly could, but also that even if my planning wasn't enough and I wasn't good enough, we have these two other things over here still generating money for us and it would help cover whatever happened over here. Right. And so, you know, to that point of like not making any money over a couple months of time, um, it's better than that's not, spending 90 grand on college. Yeah. I mean, think about how much, how many valuable lessons you learned through that experience, like, and how that's going to serve you down the road. 
you know, like you were willing to sacrifice potentially some profit so that you could learn through some, probably some failure. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of failure. In the um, we, made, we made plenty of mistakes and yeah, had to fix them. Yeah. But I think that it, you can't be afraid to, to like kind of take a step back. We talked about this before in other podcasts, but like take a step back so that you can learn right now um, to set yourself up for the future and, and taking on bigger stuff and bigger things so that you can succeed and, and using that failure to, to put you leaps ahead. Yes. But, but yeah, I think failure and risk is not always a bad thing. I think it's a great way to, or it's not a great way to kind of get through business, but you've you got to take risks. You got to grow. Happen. I mean, failure is going to happen. Yeah. If you're going to, Regardless if you're a, even minor small a, a $100,000 business or a $100 million business, there's going to be risk. There's going to be failure. It's just a different scale. I mean, it's money's money. It's just a tool and there's different levels to it. But I would say if you're trying to go somewhere and you're trying to do big things, you're going to get, you're going to have to get real comfortable with taking risk and getting comfortable with failing through different seasons at different times in your, in your business and in your life and, and learning through those experiences. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Love it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Go. Well, I uh, appreciate you listening this week. Uh, hopefully this kind of give you some insight on what, what it means to take risks and what it means to fail and how we can use those as lessons in our life and in our businesses. And I uh, just appreciate you following along. If you could, please share the show would mean a lot to us. Appreciate you following along, and we look forward to seeing you next week. We'll see you guys.